bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. This is the Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris. Sponsored by Concordia University on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. shouldn't even say anything should I but that's how I feel that's that's where the city's going right we was going for a bit and we're moving and then it just kind of slowed down and then just kind of and that's where we at and that's how far we've gotten and that's what we're doing and that's unfortunate that is very unfortunate because the reason I say that is because we are a struggling city. And I don't think anybody gets that yet. I don't get it. I'm just I'm just perplexed. Like, where's this city going? We got people that represent the city who are supposed to be. Above board, supposed to be. Supposed to be. Representative of all the things that are good. 
And that's the best of this city. Now, what do we get? We get nothing. We get absolutely nothing. I don't get it. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm just pausing because I'm trying to see, do we have a call that's going to come in? Are they kind of blowing up the phone lines? So I got to wait before I do my top five at five to give you a voice and a reason. But DZ looked like he having a like conversation with his buddy, so. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is a number. I have some pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> I have some pretty interesting um, things that you should see. I hope you're not upset by it, but yep. So I should just go or take the call. Take the call. 833-212-1017 is the number. But what if I don't want to talk to Keith? Are you there, Keith? Yes, sir. I'm here. How you doing, Doc? What, what, what if I don't want to talk to Keith? Well, he, he always calling and bothering me and stuff. No, that's not me. me. That's my brother. Ooh, that's mean. That's mean. But it's the truth. Yeah, that's true. But listen, I came <laughs> kind of on the tail end. I got to echo. Let me let me back up a little bit. Okay. Um, of what you were about, because I I don't know if you know this, Doc. That um, I've been working with the election commission now for about two years, and I just kind of caught the portion that you were saying Wait a minute, Keith, that Keith. Do you forget I see you every election day? Okay, right. don't right. don't 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 say where. I see you every no, election day working the working that. the polls. Okay, go ahead. Right, right. But here's what I wanted to say, Doc. Um, we have some very, very good people and truthful and honest people that do work for us. And um, there was a mistake made by a person. But what I wanted to say is when you said that everyone needs to base the whole department needs to be cleaned and yes. everyone needs to reapply for their yes. job. Right. And, you know, you and I worked on the police department and we had many bad apples on the police department. So should everyone have been the police department had been clean and everyone else uh, had to reapply for their positions. Did he stop? You still there? I'm Uh-oh. still here. No, I, okay. like I said, I got the act from the radio. Okay. No, we're, we're fine. Um, I think everybody should apply for their jobs again from the director on down. I think that, that when there's a shakeup like that, you have to be sure that everybody is is holding up the light, holding up the integrity, and making sure that um, things are done decently and in order. And and when they're not, you have to get rid of people. I'm not talking about getting rid of people that make things look bad, 
because you could do the right thing, but then it looks bad. That's different from committing a crime. She committed an actual crime. She knew it was a crime. She's been working for the city for 10 years and been working in the office for seven. She knew. Do you think she should go to jail? And I don't have well, you know, my feelings on anyone that commits a crime is once you made your bed, you got to lie in it and where, whichever way it flows is, is how it goes. But what about you compassion? Know, if, if, but what about compassion? Oh, definitely. We have compassion. But uh, and I'm not trying to change this topic, but just like. Well, anyone that commits a crime, let me put it like that. Anyone that commits a crime, whether it be uh, city ordinance or state statute, mm-hmm. whatever that violation of that law or that crime is, and you're subject to fall under those penalties, then you have to face whatever comes your way. Is that is that a good way of, of putting it? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And we definitely have compassion. We don't want to see anybody... Uh, go through that and they're not the only ones going through it their family has to go through it you know co-workers that they've worked with mm-hmm. for many years have to go that. you know everyone kind of gets a black eye but all i wanted to say doc is that there are many people that i work with here that are very honest very truthful you know run yes, a, they are a great run a great election yeah because you've been doing it you yep. know what i'm they saying they do a phenomenal job so the Exactly. The crew that you have working with you do a, a fantastic job. So, But if she broke the uh, law, should she be arrested? And But she broke the law. Should she be arrested and prosecuted? I'm not going to ask you that because you work there and these are your friends. But that's something that has to be addressed. Do you agree? Well, no, no. I think I answered that. I said if there was a law that has been broken, then a person has to stand in those shoes. And whatever comes that way comes that way. That's even if I had to stand in those shoes. If I did it, then, hey, I got to stand in those shoes. That's a pretty political way to answer that. I appreciate that. (laughs) Well, I might be be running for office. There you go. There you go. All right, brother. Appreciate it. All right, Zach. The best of your family. All right. You too. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-21. My brain just went 21 what? 212-1017 is the number. Boom, 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 boom. Number five. Well, I thought I'd heard everything, but from CNN, Homes in predominantly white neighborhoods, oh my gosh, are being assessed at twice the value of homes in communities of color with comparable amenities. According to a new report 
released Wednesday. The report found the racial gap in home values has increased by how many percent, DC, DZ? How, how many how many percent do you think the the gap? Just the gap itself, not the size of the gap, but how much do you think the gap has increased in the last decade from what it was? Like from thirty percent, thirty percent, seventy five percent in the last God. Underscoring numerous accounts from black families in recent years that their homes were appraised at higher values when they removed all evidence from the house of their race. Some families also had white friends stand in for them during the appraisal to get a higher value. The practice is known as whitewashing. It's insulting. I would almost take a lower cost, a lower price, a lower appraisal for my house. Because I'm not finding no white people to sit in my house. The findings come after the Federal Housing Finance Agency released information last week from 47 million appraisal reports completed between 2013 and second quarter 2022 this year. Researchers say they focused on metropolitan areas with a population above 500,000 and at least 50,000 residents of color to ensure their findings were robust. The report titled Appraised the Persistent Evaluation of White Neighborhoods as More Valuable Than Communities of Color notes that the racial inequities were exacerbated by COVID-19 pandemic, which resulted in an unprecedented rise in home values. In the last two years, the value of the average home in a white neighborhood rose, you ready? $136,000 compared to 60,000 for communities of color. Part of the issue was 97% of the property appraisers are white. And number 4. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got him. Okay. All right. I just did that on purpose. I'm just, I'm just saying I'm being one of those guys. From news1.com, ever since news broke about OnlyFans model and Instagram influencer Courtney Clinney stabbing her boyfriend, Christian Opemselli, to death, Clinney's attorneys have been scrambling to paint their client as the innocent victim of the couple's toxic relationship because it was him because always a black guy, you know? A white female is always in a toxic relationship with a black guy, right? Um... Can can I get that buzzer again? So so they've kind of had their work cut out for them. It probably didn't help their cause when it came to like that. Clinton, who was charged with murder in August, was once arrested on suspicion of domestic battery in a case involving Obamselli. Or here's the kicker. When a video surfaced that showed Clinty clearly striking him multiple times. Now there's a recording that has surfaced where Clinty can be heard hysterically shouting at Obamselli and repeatedly calling him you inward, a reminder that having a black lover does not preclude a white person from being racist. And well, I really don't know what else to say about that one.
I got nothing. Number three. Well, life must be slow in Menominee Falls. Police are asking for the public's help in a day and find a man who stole the phone off a self-checkout aisle in Whitman's on Sunday, October 16th. 80-year-old woman left her cell phone at the checkout. You know, the self-checkout where you got to do your own stuff and bag your own stuff. She returned a short time and she couldn't find her phone. And they looked on video surveillance and a man removed the phone from the self-checkout aisle without permission. Anyone with information about the man is to call or write, send a carrier pigeon, all that stuff to Menominee Falls Police. I mean, you would think they would call the phone. You would think they would know that there's something on the phone where they could track it. But, I mean, are we really going to bother for our 80-year-old's phone? I mean, you know. I'm just saying. Number two. Well, Greenfield police released surveillance video yesterday of a fight that led to a shooting in the Greenfield Meyer food store parking lot in September. A couple told police they were in their car leaving the supermarket when a stranger started talking to them and approached the husband on the driver's side of the car. And he started talking to me about the stop sign. And he said, stop. I said, okay. He said, hey, you want to do something? And I was like, what? He said, you want to do something? And I said, man, get out of here. Blank you. Then he hit me in the face. The husband told the police after their initial investigation. Meyer surveillance shows the husband getting out of the car as the altercation between the men escalated. In the interrogation video, the wife told police her husband then fell to the ground. And witnesses said the other man was stomping on him. That's when the surveillance video showed the woman who told officers she had a concealed carry permit. Get out of the car with her gun. I pulled my gun. I didn't know if I shot my husband or I shot him because I didn't know. Both men were taken to the hospital with injuries. The husband suffered a broken leg from the fight. A police report indicates that the man who was shot is paralyzed from the waist down. The Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office did not press any charges in this case, which is why WISN News did not identify anyone. So you harass me, you stomp me, I shoot you, and the District Attorney's Office, when a person has a concealed carry license, defends her husband, you don't prosecute them? Well, I'm on the ground getting stomped. Something wrong. Had that been in Milwaukee, she'd be in jail. Had that been in Milwaukee, he would be in jail. I would love to see the video. I should make an open records request for the video from Greenfield PD to look at the video to see was the actor white or black? Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. 
number one. If you don't know what the number one story is today, you should probably go somewhere, stick your head in the sand, and live there for the rest of your life. Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson announced today that the deputy director of the Milwaukee Election Commission fraudulently requested military absentee ballots and then sent them to a Wisconsin state representative who just happens to be the chair of the election committee. The election official in question is Milwaukee, City of Milwaukee Election Commission Deputy Director Kimberly Zapata. Cavalier Johnson said Zapata sought fictitious military ballots from a state election site and had those ballots sent to State Representative Janelle Branchin, Menominee Falls Republican. Zapata did so, the mayor said, to expose a vulnerability in state law. Hey, look, DZ. All right, so when I shoot you, I, I'm just doing that to show you the vulnerability of state law in trying to find people to, when they get shot, how they can't find who you are because the fictitious state crime lab can't do the work. Okay, let me come up with another one. Um, I really can't come up with anything that's stupid. I like I thought about it and I was like uh, there there's nothing in my lexicon of stupidity. Right. I committed fraud to show you how easy fraud is to commit. Which is kind of dumb all by itself. Are you on the air or in my ear? You're in my ear. Okay. You should probably say that on the air. I got a question. There you go. Because, you know, is there a way when she you could talk, have done this, I guess, Intel spy act legally? Could she have maybe documented her entire experience, documented her talking to people and saying she was going to request to do this and that she wanted the these names flagged mm-hmm. so that when they were received, if they were received, mm-hmm. that, you know, it would be an automatic like, OK, cool. This is this is bait. We're, we're fishing. Or smishing, whichever one of the ishings it is. She could have contacted the state, contacted the county, the city, and said, I'm going to do a test to see whether or not this system works. She did a a solo dolo sting mission, Dr. Ken. She really didn't sting nobody but herself. So, I mean, what are we doing? We got traffic, weather, and sports coming up. And after that, my number two, number one. You're listening to The Truth right here on the new 1017 The Truth because it's me, Dr. Ken Harris. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Oh, well, I got it again. Number one. I told you I had two of them. Number one. So, I don't know if you heard, but one of my favorite entertainers, Al B. Shore, finally broke his silence after awaking from a month-long coma. Iconic R&B singer and songwriter Al B. Shore is on the mend following an extended hospitalization that was first reported by his namesake son on social media earlier this week. Al B. Shore Jr. made the shocking disclosure this past Tuesday when he posted a message to his Instagram account telling his followers his father had been hospitalized for two months and he just made it out. The announcement sparked a flurry of media reports that Al B. Shore had been in a coma, something that the singer confirmed yesterday when he issued an open letter through his representatives. The letter sought to assure his fans that he was doing fine and as well as to help inspire others to have perseverance in the face of health complications. So I read this open letter and I read where he talked about his health and his well-being. And he said in mid-July, he was wrapping up a lunch meeting, headed back to the studio, working on a project, didn't feel good, and the whole left side of his body went numb. Then he fell, dialed on his phone, got help, and then he only remembered sitting in a wheelchair and his brother was standing next to him. And it wasn't until October, right? So we're talking July. It wasn't until October that he was fully aware. Now get this. He had multiple surgeries. They repaired a hematoma, a hernia, to an or- organ transplant. Been on dialysis accumulated excessive fluid in his lungs, fungal pneumonia, septic, lymph nodes removed, multiple blood transfusion, had been intubated and placed on a ventilator, and they called and said, hey, you should put him in hospice. He's not going to make it. His oxygen level was 20%. But the doctors didn't give up. Didn't give up. And when they went to do it, his primary physician, his brother, um, who's not his primary physician, civil rights icon, Al Sharpton, Rachel Nordling, Nordlinger, said, we're not putting him in hospice. He can make it. And he did. And he came out. I'm sure a completely different man. I don't know what I would do if I had to go through that. But one of the things we have to remember, you have to take care of yourself. Yes, I know. And if you don't take care of yourself and do something that you're not supposed to do, you should probably do something to offset that so that you can at least keep and stay balanced. But we are in a place now where Medicine can keep us alive, can keep us healthy. Or 
You could just do things to keep yourself healthy. But is that something that you do? Is that something that you feel you need to do? Because sometimes, and I don't know, well, I should probably check. You look like you want to say something. (laughs) Uh, Let me type this out first. Because I'm not going to say it out loud. Because I need to find out (coughs) where it is first. So, I don't know where it is, though. Where is it? Where's McAllen at? Mac Allen. Is it Texas? Yeah, city in Texas. All right. All right, so peep this. A recent article by WalletHub. Let me see how old this is. This is from March of this year. A recent article by WalletHub gives the greater McAllen area of Texas as the most obese city in the United States of America. The McAllen-Edinburgh mission area was given a score of 84.78 with 100 being the worst possible score The factors include obesity and overweight, 60 points, health consequences, 25 points, food and fitness, 15 points, and they use 19 different metrics. Of course, people that work for the city disagree. And one person said, well, you're only looking at people that are sick. Well, I don't know. But a lot of those chronic illnesses... And diseases that define being overweight and all those complications that come with it are clear. You got to work out. You got to eat right. Just because it tastes good don't mean it's good for you. Now, the one thing I disagree with are wellness centers. I don't understand what a wellness center is. A wellness center seems to make you feel good about yourself and educate you on the things that you need to know. I don't think so. I think that in that instance, if you look at yourself as I do me, and I know that I need to lose weight and I'm working on it, I have to change the way I eat, change my diet, change my workout, but there's only one place I need to go. You know what that is? The gym. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
Searching for that silver lining Horizons that I've never seen I think I'm doing pretty good singing, right? Oh, I'd like to take just a moment And dream my dream Oh, dream my dream Oh You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. K. Just had to throw a little Commodores up in there where my mind fresh and clear. They don't make music like that. I got a love that along the sea where everybody can be what they want to be. Yeah. 833-212-1017 is the number. <laughs> Derek said, black people always feel sorry for white people when they commit a crime. I don't. Not at all. Talk a text line. It was an Asian woman who shot a Latino man at Myers. That was the one in Greenfield. I ain't mad at her. If, if, if that's true, I ain't mad at her. I ain't mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> Mr. Medea said dairy products and beef and pork killing y'all. It depends on how you cook, especially the beef. Dairy, I'm still trying to grab my, I don't think I've had milk in, wow, I haven't had milk in a long time. A long time. I mean, it's not good for you. It's like cow pus. Right? You're, you're, you're drinking something that came out of a cow. Not your mama, a cow. That's not even the yeah. Well, we'll pasteurize it and we'll mix it up and we'll put some chocolate in it and everybody will like it. Nope, I don't think so. Nope. You was going to go ding, wasn't you? <laughs> and then you heard what I said. It's like, oh, I can't. No, dude, I, I, can't, I can't roll like that. Can't do it. Can't do it. Mr. McD. Quit it. And evidently you were wrong about the fact that she was a European and she didn't go to jail. News showed the video today. I mean, was she Asian or was she the woman who did the shooting? Was she Asian Asian or was she? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm a black man. That's all I know. Not African-American. I'm black. I don't mind being called African-American. People got mad at me yesterday for saying that I was okay being African-American. But then I talked to some youngsters and they was like, I am black. And then somebody got mad and said, well, if you're from Africa, right? That's what the caller said. If you're from Africa and you come to America, then you're African-American if you become an American citizen. And I was like, yeah, that's true, but why can't they be African-American like us? Like, I don't know. Why can't they be African-American like us if you're African and American? Here it means that your heritage is through slavery. I get it. I get it. 
but then I don't get it. You know, I came across a story today that talks about, um, and we were discussing it before, about black vernacular and black English. And I, and I think it's important that we go back to that sometime in the coming weeks so that we can understand um, contact linguistics, you know, so we could understand exactly how when people come in contact with each other or have communication that that develops it, it, it moves when when different people come together. Right. So when. Speakers of different languages come together. That has actually led to the creation of a number of languages and dialects that we know today. So the languages, the the dialects, but the big misconception is that it's broken English and it's not. That it's lazy English and it's not. That people who speak it are unable to speak standard English or too lazy or 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 are stigmatized by it, right? Black English is as sophisticated and diversified as any other linguistic variety. And I think we have to start looking at that and stop categorizing black people in their language because the majority doesn't like it. I don't understand that. The fact that groups can come together and create a language that both of them can understand is amazing to me. But clearly it's not amazing to everybody. But then when you look at something like the internet, it's going to have a positive effect and it's going to have a negative effect. When people use it to sound cool, when people use it because it's not a part of I don't want to say proper English, but majority English. If you heard somebody say he be a doctor. Most people will say he is a doctor. A lot of people think you can just put B anywhere. Right. But that's just not true. So. I think what's happening, especially with English and where English people, English people, where where black English speaking children and adults should actually take the time to learn the structure of the black English so they can then learn Spanish, American English, and so many other things. But I think we do ourselves a disservice because we speak in different dialects, right? Black people speak to other black people in a very different dialect. And we need to respect that. We need to understand it. Standard English is the dialect that's that's chosen to be official. But does that make it official? If we're an English-speaking country, that's fine. But you're not linguistically superior just because you decide to speak English. So when you say, oh, you came to my country, you should speak my language. Well, no. 
Speak mind. We have to help teachers understand the authenticity of black vernacular so that it will enable them to teach them a second language called English. Because just like we do when we're working, we code switch when we're talking. I know I do. Sometimes I have to catch myself. Sometimes I have to go, uh, no. No, we're not doing that. Omar said, we are not from Africa. Speak for yourself, Omar. Appreciate that, though, but, you know, I'm just saying. Yes, I'm talking about African-American vernacular English. Yes, you are. You are absolutely correct. Oh, look at there. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, I am. It's definitely not broken English. It's our language and it should be respected and held in the highest regard. The English language itself is complicated and doesn't make sense specifically. Words like knife or not. Um, any silent letter is dumb if you ask me. It's not. It's fun. That's what makes it difficult. And people can't talk it. And people can't speak. No, I, I understand. Thank you for that text. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Never miss a show by streaming us on multiple platforms. But I keep telling you, if you just download the Truth app, you'd have it. Then that's all you really need. But if you don't, you can go to Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I'm excited. This week, next week, UWM Basketball is here. Uh, we got the elections coming up. We got Saturday at the Greater Milwaukee Urban League, where we'll be broadcasting from 10 to 11. The after party is going to be great, so make sure you stick around. Tori Lowe shows up next. He was on fire this afternoon. You might want to listen to the rebroadcast. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. God bless. Thank you, DZ. Appreciate you. I'll see you in 22 hours.